1: cancel too soon the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less my name is william bibbiani i'm a film critic for ign and the rap and everybody calls me bibs
0: my name is whitney seibel I, I, we should do it spooky my oh. name my name is whitney seibel Ooh. do it do the boris Karloff voice i, I am a film critic Ooh. i write for ign what? i write for critically
1: and it's and Scary Tober, and
0: I am a graveyard smash.
1: Yeah, it's Scary Tober. We're reviewing a whole mm. bunch of horror-themed television series uh-huh. here on
0: Cancel Too Soon, and all of them were failures. Uh, no, they're, no, they're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> poking <laughs> through, <laughs> poking through the mausoleum of television history. They have shuffled off this mortal television coil. <laughs> there's this Catherine, there is surely there's a coil pun. There's like,
1: got to be a coil in there somewhere, somewhere right? right? Come there's
0: on. a coil in a TV. Yeah, just, <laughs> that's my coil noise. I don't shuffled know why off, that's... Shuffled off this Tesla coil. Shuffled off to Buffalo. Dead <laughs> Buffalo! Woo! We're, we're old dumb guys. <laughs> In
1: case you couldn't tell. Uh, we, 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 yeah. we, we, we have a good time. And uh, this week on Cancel Too Soon, we're reviewing one of the shows we get the most requests for. And... I'm really, really glad we did. It's a real blank spot, actually. Mm.
0: Um, In in, Cancel Too Soon history. In
1: Cancel Too Soon history. Also, just in my general genre education. Okay. Uh, uh, This show that we're about to review is a reboot, a failed reboot of a long-running daytime soap opera. I'd seen a couple episodes of the daytime soap opera, but I really didn't know what the show... Like, how, like, the plot really unfolded Mm. in a conventional way as opposed to the satirical Tim Burton movie adaptation. Right. So uh, I, I was really excited to finally get my head around Dark Shadows. If lost all that blood, where did it go? Whoever did this took it with him. A town terrorized by an unusual killer. Four victims. The only one who's still alive can't remember a thing. I've never seen anything like it before. This is only the beginning. Unusual mysteries call for unusual solutions. just might work. Because in this town... i am got to get out of here. The sure, sheriff wants to talk to you. They all have a stake in it. <laughs> Dark Shadows, Sunday, January 13th, on NBC. So Dark Shadows was a daytime soap opera that ran for hundreds of episodes because it was a daytime soap opera.
0: And it ran daily. Mm -hmm. And they had uh, a—we mentioned this before. It had this really brutal shooting schedule. As as all daytime soap uh, operas do. Soaps do, but yeah, writers are writing on the fly, and actors are kind of making up the characters as they go. It's— Really an exciting format that I wish I was more familiar with.
1: I grew up watching As the World Turns and Mm. to a lesser extent Bold and the Beautiful because it was on right before As the World Turns. And I love daytime soap operas. I think it's, it's a really fascinating medium. It was a great way for actors to cut their teeth. Like yeah. a lot of the best actors you've ever known got their start on daytime soap operas. Um so Dark Shadows was a novelty when it came out because it was very gothic. You know, had a had a real, you know, Bronte vibe to it. But then after a while they started introducing actual supernatural elements, including Barnabas Collins The Vampire. Um, and then the show exploded and it found its identity and people really started treating it like a huge cult icon when it left the airwaves it left a real impression and people were still Mm -hmm. really fond of it and for many many years they talked about rebooting it and dan curtis who created the show uh he was asked many times to reboot it he was like no i'm done with it and then finally Mm in the late 90s uh early 90s no no i'm sorry i apologize late 80s 80s. in the late 80s some a uh, network executive just loved Dark Shadows so much and bugged them. And he was like, <laughs> "Okay, fine, I'll do it. Do another Dark Shadows. Fine." And this time it was going to be a nighttime soap opera, mm-hmm. one a week, uh, with more money, bigger cash. heck of
0: a lot more money. Oh yeah.
1: And what the idea was, they're going to take the basic plot of the soap opera, the main bullet points, and we're going to sort of retell it in a more organic, less seat-of-your-pants, let's-hope-this-works kind of fashion. <laughs> and so we got this 1991 reboot of Dark Shadows. Before we move on too far, I really mm-hmm. want to share with you. So we played that rather conventional plot-heavy mm. uh, commercial for Dark Shadows. Um, I found another one, which is weird. <laughs> this is weird promo they aired like the December before Dark Shadows came out. Um and it's it's just it's a scantily clad young woman mm. uh on a bed and there are sco- spooky candles
0: like all lit around Sp- her. Spooky but sexy candles. It and has the everything's draped over. It has that you know, soft focus, mm-hmm. like soft core, Rom- show, Showtime, Skinamax kind of movie,
1: romantic butter commercial. Like that's what I think of it. Like Fabio is <laughs> in it. Romantic butter commercial. And uh, yeah, so she's 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 saying what she's saying. She's singing what she's singing. You hear? Mm-hmm. And then the camera slowly pans over to Barnabas Collins, and he goes, "Right." So let's take a listen to that. All I want
0: for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. My two front teeth All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth My two front teeth
1: Dark Shadows, coming Sunday, January 13th on NBC I've actually never heard the All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth referred to
0: vampires before. Uh, it, it seems it's obvious. It seems now. really odd. Like, there should be a, a 60s novelty record that did that. Yeah. Or somebody does, like, a really bad Billy Lugosi impersonation. Yeah. It's uh, a fun idea. I, like I that. even have a record uh, called Spook Along with Drac. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and and the whole thing is just this guy doing these really dumb like song parodies with vampire-ish lyrics. And it, it, it was lost to time, and then it was resurrected for no reason. And he didn't do All I Want for
1: Christmas is My Two Friends. No, but... Uh, it's so obvious uh, I've, now! I've, I've,
0: I have heard I Want to Bite Your Hand, because the Beatles were big at the time. <sighs> Oh, I want to bite your head. And it's not even singing it. He just sort of, well, vamps. The answer, my friend,
1: is biting in the wind. <laughs> Blowing in the blood. nodding in the wind. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows aired on ABC from January 13th through March 22nd in 1991. The first four episodes were aired as sort of a mini-series event. Mm. Um, and good thing, too, because this is one of those shows where it there's so much character and plot that like, it takes a few episodes to get your footing anyway. Yeah. If if you'd only seen the first episode of this reboot of dark shadows, I think you would have turned it off just because are we getting to
0: anything what's going on? And then we finally do. Um, So the, the premise is it takes place uh, in Collinwood, mm -hmm. which is a remote mansion in Massachusetts. Yeah. Been Uh, there for centuries. And it's been there for centuries and this is home of the Clan Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept on saying Collinwood, and I could only think of that Sam Rockwell movie.
1: Oh, the the one called... that's a re- that's a remake of. Um... Mm. Oh, what's that a remake of? I don't know. Well, it's called Welcome to Collinwood. Bat- Big Time on Madonna Street or something like so, that. Yeah, it's
0: it's a remake of like yeah famous like more famous noir film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, the various family members, um, and they hire a, a tutor for their young son. The young son is played by a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yay! Uh, I, I mentioned him first just because I think he is he's the biggest name to have come out of this. Uh, to have come uh, out of it, yeah. At the time, though, there were some good names yes. in it. Uh, but the, the tutor is played by Joanna Going, who... Uh, was a, a quantity at the time. She mm-hmm. was in a lot of a lot of like films and TV. She was a modestly big
1: actor in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I was actually
0: disappointed
1: that her career didn't like Take off more, mm. um, because I always thought she was really
0: talented. Yeah, and, um, and she's not first build. Even she's kind of, I think they're built in alphabetical uh, order, though. Aren't uh, they? Yeah, they are. But yeah. she's she's ostensibly the main character, but she's not the main character of most episodes. Um, uh, the matron of the household is played by Gene Simmons. Yeah, the great Gene Simmons from Guys and Dolls. Like she's so cool. Oh. Um, and the uh, okay. So we
1: got Gene Simmons as the matron. Mm. Uh, we've got uh, her husband, who doesn't do much. Uh, we've got, uh, the teenage daughter, um, oh, what's her, which one's, which one is she? she's, uh, uh, she's
0: played by, uh, Bar- not Barbara Steele, um, is it Barbara Blackburn? No, <laughs> maybe, maybe we did not.
1: Okay, it's hard to keep everyone straight. So no, let's just let's just move on. All right, let's just move on. So there's there's a, there's an attractive young daughter who's very vivacious and full of life, mm. and you know she wants to have sex a lot, and that's important later. Um, we have uh, uh, a whole but, bunch of extended family who aren't terribly important mm. most of the time, and then we have uh, the there's a there's a, the housekeeper. And her nephew, who played Willie, mm. uh, played by Jim Fife, who's like this
0: the spooky, creepy gravedigger guy, and he's, he's always he's, he's always he's got the a... Igor of the series, yeah. and and he's he's played like kind of a simpleton, yeah, like like he's not quite all there. And uh, and finally, rounding out the no, sorry, not quite
1: finally rounding out, mm. almost rounding out the the, the mm. full cast uh, as a doctor who lives at Collinwood Mansion mm. and who is very important. Is uh, Doctor Hoffman played by Barbara oh, she's, Steele? She's
0: Barbara Steele character. Okay, so
1: Barbara Steele. If you don't know Barbara Steele, ooh, <laughs> Barbara Steele is awesome. Barbara Steele. Have you ever seen Mario Bava's Black Sunday? One <laughs> of the best horror movies, just and one of the prettiest
0: too. Mm. The the just gorgeously photographed. Pure whites and inky blacks,
1: and there's no in between. It's really just gorgeous. Um, she was in Eight and a Half.
0: She's Great a Famous European actress. Um, There's uh, the really disapproving... Um, I'm not sure if she's like an aunt who, who's played by uh, the woman from The Frighteners. She's essentially playing the same role in The Frighteners like a few years later. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, um, and then finally, we've got the vampire, Barnabas Collins, played by Ben Cross, uh, who of course... Whitney knows as Sarek from the reboot of Star Trek. Uh, he was also uh, he was uh, in Chariots of Fire. He was also the bad guy in First Night, the one where Richard Gere played Lancelot. Oh, gee whiz. It's not a bad movie, but it's also not
0: a good movie. He, he's he's, <laughs> so he's, like, got, he's got that sort of nondescript European heavy it, sort of features. It feels like he's probably and I haven't
1: actually looked at his, his resume in depth. It feels like he's probably played a lot of bad guys in diehard knockoffs.
0: Yeah, like, like can, he, he has that look. You can imagine him,
1: like, taking a ski resort hostage. And he's played... <laughs> and Sean Astin has
0: to stop him. <laughs> Sean Astin, Skeet Ulrich, and, and Rupert... Ever, or not Rupert Everett. Uh, uh, Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. There we go. Rupert Murdoch has to stop him. Yeah, good old Rupert um, Murdoch. He, he's played as if he's sort of like this, you know, sexy, worldly, uh, world-traveling vampire type. Like, you know, like a Dracula type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really strike me as having this overwhelming sexual prowess this guy he's he seems kind of like a goofball to me he's got an and, odd vibe and and he's got a really terrible vampire face <laughs> Like, like when he snarls.
1: like and yeah, like 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 an
0: actor when they have to put on those teeth, they have to sort of curl their lips back and like make their eyes real big and make make that sort of monstery face. Yeah. his vampire face makes me giggle every time it's, he does it. It's kind of goofy. He, yeah, he looks like he just stubbed his toe and he's trying not to cry. He's like ah, <laughs> he looks really sad. Like he he's a not he's a bad choice for Barnabas Collins, he's but fine. he's a bad choice for a vampire. Hey. <laughs> He plays, he plays Barnabas <laughs> Collins just fine. I, just, I want to put that out there. He's a, he's a fine actor, but he has a, a, a bad vampire face. There you go. Uh, so, the plot
1: mm. of Dark Shadows. <laughs> oh, boy, the plot. Oh, my God. Okay, so the plot, it starts, as I mentioned before, the mm. first episode, frustratingly slow. slow.
0: Well, Just it, really slow. They're playing it really straight, and you, you realize... In that pilot, if you're at all familiar with the original Dark Shadows, that they're really trying to condense the tone and all of the stories of this long-running soap into something much smaller. That's true. What they're doing, though— So they're they're starting small, and they're going to explode soon, mm -hmm. and you can tell they're just sort of laying a lot of groundwork. What's interesting about uh,
1: Dark Shadows is that it's actually one of the relatively few soap operas that has a proper inciting incident. Like okay. you try to try to like oh where does the story of As the World Turns begin? Well,
0: it's, well, it's kind like, of like people, yeah, and their kinda, relationships. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of
1: when Lisa had an, had an affair and had to like get married, but like it really everything was going to well, happen anyway. Like uh, here, are
0: there any? You're you're more familiar with daytime soaps than yeah. me. Are there are there any daytime soaps that started big, like? No, not, not just had an inciting incident like we're a, we're but like a hit. like yeah like they came out and were a hit immediately because it seems to me like every single soap opera the ones that last like decades well, like their powers that is their longevity and that they didn't start big that they started kind of nondescript and developed their character well you over gotta time. remember a lot
1: of the major soap operas that we had for a long time and only like a couple are left mm. um, were from the basically the dawn of television at least mm. the 19. well some even
0: started on radio exactly General Hospital
1: started on radio didn't it yeah General Hospital I think as well as turns this as well a mm-hmm. lot of them started on radio these were just the shows that were on in the background and the and the target demographic was the uh the the quote-unquote housewife the the stay so at ho- yeah the yeah, stay-at-home yeah, moms you're you're, and you're you're doing housework you have this on in the background so and again this is also from when there were only a couple of channels so mm-hmm. they were all hits <laughs> like <laughs> right. they, were, they were getting huge market shares so it, it, the framework that we have for a lot of the classic soap operas doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. The last soap opera that I remember coming on television and becoming a big deal, and I honestly couldn't tell you how long it took to become a big
0: deal, was mm-hmm. Passions. And Passions yeah. was also supernatural. And pa- Passions is considered like a like a one-hit wonder, a one-and-done, even though it was on the air for like five years, mm-hmm. which it is was, con- con- like nothing in the life of a soap opera.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a real short soap mm-hmm. opera. But like, yeah, it was, Passions was briefly, everyone was talking mm-hmm. about it because it was a novelty. And then, gone. I could sing the theme song for you.
0: Please. Oh, I'm not going to. Why not? <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do the Dark you Shadows theme song. You are the fire burning inside. Like, it's this really kind of saccharine, like, mid-90s Lilith Fair kind of love ballad, even though it's a soap opera about vampires. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, you keep me alive. <laughs>
1: How do you know that? So amazing.
0: Please don't ask. <laughs> I love that
1: you know that. I love that you know that. Okay, so we're introduced to all the people mm-hmm. at Collinwood Manor. And at first, everything seems relatively normal. The youngest uh, member of the Collins family, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. uh, he was kicked out of school. And we find out pretty quickly he was kicked out of school for starting a fire. So he's a hellion. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have employed a governess. Mm -hmm. Uh, A stay-at-home teacher played by Joanna Going, very beautiful young woman, Mm. uh, to come to the house and teach the kids. Mm. Meanwhile, Willie has discovered... The location of the lost Collins treasure, and we see Willian. He's reading old books, mm. and trying to decipher old clues, and, and, and he like finds like a, a secret room in the Collins crypt
0: with with a literal treasure chest, like full of gold ingots and stuff. Yeah. But the other thing in the Collins
1: crypt is a massive coffin covered in chains, and he like,
0: ooh, this can't backfire, and he like <laughs> knocks off the chains. Okay, okay. So you found a coffin and it's chained shut. Yeah, in a secret crypt. In a secret crypt. And you had to read like really old forbidden texts to find it. Do you open that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I'd be curious. I'd be very curious, but I'm dumb. I, again, my whole my whole thing is,
1: I I don't. I, I, when I die, I want it to make the newspapers outside the obituary
0: section. Mm-hmm. So that would be a way to go. <laughs> New, news of the weird section is yeah. where I want to go. Like, mis- film critic found in mysterious crypt, <laughs> <laughs> stabbed by own foot. You know, I want some kind of weird. <laughs> How did that happen? Like I want people to say, "How did that happen?" That's a
1: that's a that's a neat one. Mm. I haven't seen that before. <laughs> um, so he opens the crypt, and mm. uh, then we cut to like Collins Manor mm. and Collinwood, Collinwood Manor, mm. and. Uh, there's a POV of this mysterious stranger entering, and we we finally get a good look at him. It's Ben Cross. He looks fine.
0: He just, yeah, just a, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's a dude. And he's... See, even when though when he's... it happened in, in the Tim Burton movie, they at least thought to make Barnabas Collins look like a monster. Like, they gave him this... We, mm. He had white skin and this weird hairdo, and they even gave him, a, like, extended fingers yes. that that Johnny Depp couldn't... Operate anything with like he just had open hands the whole time. Yeah, uh,
1: but here he's he's just a dude, mm-hmm. pretty normal looking dude, and he's saying he had, he's been in that coffin. We find out. For, like, 200 years. It's been a while. It's been a long-ass time, and, man, he adapts quickly, because that same night he gets out of the coffin, he gets himself a decent suit, Mm -hmm. and he just uh, uh, shows up and's like, Oh, yes, I'm your cousin from England. I'll be moving into the old manor across the way.
0: Never mind how
1: this all came together.
0: And, and, well, and I love that he moves into the old manor, and his first recourse, his first course of action, it, well, first of all, is to hire his own uh, Igor. Uh, which is which is just Willie. He, yeah, he, 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 yeah, he just snipes Willie from like, Collinwood Manor. W- w- Willie, ah, Willie, oh, oh, you look like a good vampire's assistant. Poach's talent. Hey, That's he, but, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute, he's our village idiot. But uh, they... His first course of action is to, he looks around at this old manor is like, oh, well, this won't do. This has to look like it did in 1790. So I'm going to redecorate. (laughs) Spruce it up a bit. This takes a couple of episodes. That's what he does. He redecorates the mansion. That's the first big plot point. Well, the
1: other big plot point is he is a vampire. He does need to feed. And the implication is he can't just feed off of animals. He's got to eat humans. Um, And so the first person he bites is actually, I think... The, she, he, she's related to the Collins by marriage. This woman named yeah. Daphne, and she, she's
0: the the Lucy Westenra of the story.
1: It kind of yeah. Mm. So
0: he bites her, and it seems like Lucy Westenra from Dracula. Yeah, the character from Dracula.
1: Dracula went to England, or, or, or and uh, the mm. first person he bit was this sort of mysterious medical marvel and she gradually became a vampire happens to daphne as well Mm. um and it's real real tragedy and for a bit for the first several episodes it plays out exactly like dracula it's a murder mystery yeah a vampire has come to town a a local doctor becomes convinced that Mm. vampires are real the other doctor again played by barbara Steele. She quickly re- agrees with him, oh, yes, yeah. it's a vampire, and I'm going to make a bargain
0: with him. <laughs> well, she she says, hmm, vampire, well, you know what, I have an idea. <laughs> I can cure a vampire. It turns out she just has an idea to cure a vampire. Which
1: was, honestly, like, if vampires are real, it mm-hmm. would be a real medical marvel.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, we would want to do a lot of research well, on that. if he's the only vampire... Then you know, you don't want to pour too much money into that problem.
1: Well, but think about like okay, so what we I don't want my got... tax
0: dollars going to solve on. one vampire's what problem.
1: If, what if we could isolate like mm-hmm. the vampire gene or whatever, or, like and just like then like
0: the, like get all get separate get... the immortality part and keep out the blood sucking part. That, that could be useful, or even if we, or even if it only had like a small effect, it could be
1: really useful for medical science. Okay, you know, like oh no, this guy. Um, I don't know. He's got like a horrible rare blood disease. We'll put some vampire in that, mm-hmm. and he's all good. And then we take the vampire out, and then we're good. <laughs> right? Problem solved.
0: Injecting someone with vampire juice—that's a great idea, William. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. There's no way that could go badly. <laughs> this
1: isn't the first act of a horror movie.
0: <laughs> Not at all. Watching well, the this, this is, is the plot of Daybreakers. It, yeah, I was about to say this isn't the prologue to a vampire apocalypse film that's already been made. Yeah. <laughs> It's still a
1: good idea, Dan.
0: You are only, only saying it's, it's people a bad. People like idea. you what caused vampire apocalypse? You know,
1: it's people like you that took that took Frankenstein too literally. It's not saying that science is always bad. It's just saying it's sometimes bad.
0: You're a little too cavalier. Experiment more, Doctor Frankenstein. Okay, okay. So you resurrected one. That's that's the the prototype. That's good. It's good start. Him, shove him in a furnace and start again. Because
1: <laughs> you again, you, you cured death like it's pretty good it's like st-
0: it's still a good idea right? yeah there's why are we throwing the
1: baby out with the bathwater save the bathwater like just, just put the
0: frankenstein yeah, put the frankenstein and- <laughs> I'm glad we're solving all these problems. I tell you, man, it's great. Making the world a better place.
1: All right. So, what else is going on? So, uh, uh, oh, and so of course, the
0: Dracula story and the two Doctors, and, and of course, the, and Barnabas, Barnabas is Steel. in
1: love with Joanna Going, who mm. he thinks is the reincarnation of the woman he loved mm. back in the 1790s. Yeah.
0: And and we really see flashbacks, and uh, her name is Josette. Uh, we know this because he screams it a thousand times.
1: <laughs> he has a big painting jo- of her. And-
0: Josette. Josette. <laughs> sorrow for the lost Lenore and yeah Yeah. and Josette uh, we learn early on um, it's implied that she found out he was a vampire and that's why she threw herself off a cliff so she threw herself off a cliff. The uh, actual story is
1: way cooler than that but we'll get Mm. to that because the second half of Dark Shadows is all about the origin of Barnabas Mm -hmm. Collins but the first half is mostly this vampire story. The Van Helsing character ends up stealing proof that Barnabas is a vampire from Barbara Steele and Honestly, I really like the way that that plot resolved itself, because Mm. Barnabas goes to the Van Helsing guy, and you think he's gonna kill him, and then the cops show up, and then the Van Helsing guy just opens the door, oh, hello, oh, no, I was wrong about the whole vampire thing, (laughs) and you don't know what happened, (laughs) Did Barnabas just, like, pay him off, Mm. or offer him a deal, and then... The, the Van Helsing guy just freaks out and turns into a vampire and starts biting everybody. And Barnabas is just like, I didn't even plan that. I gave him an option. I can make him a vampire or he could die. Those were his two options. Mm. He chose vampire. He's the one who freaked out. He could have been kept his shit together. <laughs> He'd be still fine. he a vampire. Know.
0: If I had just turned into a vampire and all of a sudden I'm like looking at people and I'm really hungry, I might but freak all out cops. too. Like just like okay, keep uh, it together. Keep it together. <laughs> well, you, later, later. Like look, look, I've never been a vampire, all right? <laughs> and you so ain't never I've, lived <clears throat> or unlived? Un- <laughs> Good god. Uh I wouldn't know if I'd be able to control myself. Is the thing because well, I don't know enough. what it's like to be a vampire.
1: But here's the deal. Here's here's what. <laughs> because I'm vampires thinking. are pretend. Let's, let's look at this logically. Okay, okay, he's only been a vampire for like literally like an hour, if that. Okay. He he. Earlier in the day, he was yeah. a person and he probably had dinner. So he's so probably like he's he has had, nutrients like, for a
0: bit. He'd still have steak in his system or whatever.
1: Yeah, like right? he, Well, that's a bad idea for a vampire. Ah. <laughs> Walked right into that.
0: has... <laughs> The, the the reheated ego waffles oh, that he God, had Oh, I had, I had it Italian
1: it? for dinner and it's still in my stomach. No!
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's an interesting question. If somebody, if somebody becomes a vampire while they have a lot of garlic in their stomach, do they die immediately? Does it, like, eat them from the inside? I've never seen that in a movie.
1: I've never seen that in a movie. Yeah, that's a fun one. I like that.
0: <laughs> that's a question I've never heard asked either.
1: Um, so the murder plot, it, it doesn't go away, but it's basically by that point the idea is that, oh, it must have been the doctor who killed everybody. Mm. And it's... That's
0: dead. But then um, Barbara Steele, uh, she's not a vampire, but she essentially moves in to old Colin, old Colin Wood Manor. Yeah, like pretty quick. To, to help Barnabas because she has an idea on how to cure him. And she, and she strikes up a deal with him and he's all for it. He doesn't want
1: this. He hates this vampire shit. Mm. Like in the first couple episodes he's seen as really demonic and evil, but then you realize he didn't like it. He just needs it to survive. Mm. So he'd really rather prefer to be human. So he strikes a deal with her says, okay, fine, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. What have I got to lose? You know, I'm a vampire. I'm not going to kill me, so who cares? Um, and it starts to work a little bit. And he can start going out in the day for brief periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts feeling pretty good, like there might be hope for his future. And he starts romancing Joanna going. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's worth noting about the home video release of Dark Shadows 1991, when they cleaned up the film, They forgot to turn the day for night scenes day for night.
0: Is that why it looks like that? A lot of
1: it is. I mean, I'm rarely convinced by day for night anyway, but I at least Mm. understand what they're going for.
0: Yeah. Day for night is is when they shoot night scenes during the day.
1: Yeah. Um, and All that happens basically is you shoot it during the day and then in post you darken the image a bit. So it looks really dark. You cannot get away. it.
0: It hardly ever works.
1: You cannot get away with it if you can see the sky. Yeah, you can't. The sky is just too blue. You cannot get away with it. And that never works. The films that get away with it most are the films that are already super stylized. Like, Mm. for example, a lot of the Lord of the Rings was shot at night. But in the Lord of the Rings, all the night scenes are like the moon is super gorgeous blue. So everything mm. is just really blue anyway. So you can just shoot blue lighted stuff and it, you get away with it.
0: And, and it looks awful. But, anyway, think, but at least at least the, it's those, stylized those, and it's fun. Yeah, it's true. those blue filters I don't think ever look good in a movie. I it's think it looks like,
1: better than, than just regular day for night. I, I suppose so, yeah. And I think you get away with it if you're doing a fantasy story. But yeah, a lot of the, when you're watching this on Hulu, a lot of this is just Barnabas Collins, a vampire. Oh, I hate my life. I hate not being able to go out during the day. Hello, Mr. Sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: really embarrassing. It's bra- it's a rubbing sunblock I hate being able not to be able to, Oh okay, Pass the sunblock so Hand me the sandwiches And the sun umbrella So it's actually kind of nice To know it's not the show's fault This time Okay Although um,
1: There were a couple of little issues Like uh, in a future episode When we we're like In the Collingwood mansion In like set in the 1790s mm. I did notice a sprinkler In the ceiling Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, that
0: was What fun. can you do um, You know what yeah. that, that might have been intentional because uh, I, maybe? I, think, I think they
1: just used the excuse because no, the original um, show was so cheap you could like write that <laughs> off as an homage. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and and I've 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 heard like interviews with people who were just big fans of the show and part of the appeal of the show is how cheap it is. Yeah, and how like badly constructed everything was and how like people left there. There's. Like drinking games, you can play. Like if somebody leaves a drink on, like a crew person leaves a drink on set, and it makes its way onto camera, and they just they don't have t- uh, they don't have time. They're on this breakneck schedule. They can't reshoot it. It's like, oh well, now there's just a Miller Light can in 1790. There's a, there's this um, and and that kind of cheapness is yeah. l- leaked into the show's myth. There's this interesting relationship a lot of horror fans mm-hmm. have
1: with their genre, particularly film and television, in which. Being able to tell that something is kind of
0: homemade mm. is charming. Yeah. And you yeah, probably
1: yeah. couldn't get away with that in The Godfather.
0: Well, <laughs> there, there are certain dramas you can get away with. That, like, you can this get sort away of like, with. Ki- this, this sort like, of kitchen sink, you know, authenticity but th- that comes through.
1: But there's something like we like associating not just with the story, but with the people who made it. Because yeah. if someone made this,
0: We're kindred spirits. Mm -hmm. We like
1: them. They're friends.
0: There's that wonderful external narrative. You're enjoying the story with these fictional characters, but uh, often more fascinating is the mindset of, of the creators. And when you see those mistakes, you're outside of the show entirely. Yeah. And you're with the creator all of a sudden. And if you're still in a comfortable spot, then you're probably a pretty... Diehard fan, or you're just enjoying it on a different level. Yeah,
1: I just, I just think it's something that the horror genre gets away with better than other genres, and I think it's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, so the next couple of episodes, the main storyline is Barbara Steele trying to cure mm. Barnabas Collins. Um, it's going pretty well, but then it gets complicated when you find out that Barbara Steele is in love with Barnabas. And she starts convincing herself that Barnabas is in love with her, but when she finds out he's actually in love with Joanna going, she intentionally sabotages the process and slows mm. it down, and it ends up turning Barnabas into a creepy old man. Well, he... <laughs> he 200-year-old, He ages, dude. T-
0: ages 200 years, but... I'm guessing still immortal. And mm-hmm. th- there's a little bit of a fallacy here because Barnabas Collins says, I want to be human again. Not so he can do human things. Like he says, he wants to watch the sunrise. Sure. And he wants to you know go outdoors and do some human things. But his ultimate goal is just to die of old age.
1: Yeah. To die like a person. Mm. Yeah.
0: But, you know, he's immortal. And there are ways to kill a vampire. It's established already, because somebody got staked through the heart. Yeah. Or And, you know, if a, a vampire just goes out during the day, they, you know, melt into ash or whatever happens to them. Right. So th- why not just wait the amount of time you would want to, wait the 60 years of mortal wood, and then just go to a beach? Uh,
1: I mean, it, like it, it, there's I, there's this thing I, that's th- like, in us this this like desire to stay alive like it's cuz it, vampirism is a hunger. Yeah. You know, like you can't like it's it's hard to suppress hunger. People do it, but like mm-hmm. it's hard to suppress it. People just have an uncontrollable urge to I've, have a drink of water when they're thirsty.
0: I I've, I've never bought the whole melancholy vampire bit though. And mm-hmm. you know that, this is something that came really into vogue around Anne Rice. So this predates interview with the vampire, this sort of melancholy vampire.
1: Oh, man, it's, it's from Dracula. Uh, Dracula was a melancholy vampire sometimes.
0: Uh, Not in the book. In the book, he was just a ghoul. Well, I'm
1: saying some, hmm. some of the movies, though. Like It's, yeah. it's been around a long time. It,
0: it's been around. But, you know, if if you're really that depressed about being a vampire, there's ways to die. They're not truly immortal. It's not like the, the Earth is going to go supernova and they're just going to be floating around the galaxy for billions of years. It's yeah. just Earth goes supernova, sun supernova, <laughs> Earth destroyed. I know of my <laughs> science. Earths don't go supernova. Don't write in. Uh, Earths don't go. <laughs> Earths don't go supernova. Writing that down. be a good T-shirt. <laughs> Champagne goes supernova. Uh, an <laughs> obscure reference for you. Uh, so yeah, but if if you're a vampire and you're really so destitute and you know emotionally distraught about being a vampire, j- just go outside. You can yeah. you can die. You can kill yourself. You're still in control, <laughs> but I think I think and if, he's not, you know if you're like, oh, longing. I want to, I want to age and I want to grow old and I want to die naturally. To, his goal isn't to die. That's just like, <laughs> but that's that's, that's the what that's his, state, that's his but he, stated goal. That, no,
1: no, no. That's one of his stated goals. He's yeah. a big speech about everything he wants to do, and then he mm. says, one day when my time comes, and I'll die, and that gives him some some pleasure. But he also wants the other stuff. Okay. He wants to enjoy living without hurting people. My, my... He wants to enjoy love because we find out the curse isn't just that he's a vampire, but that everyone who loves him is doomed. Mm. He wants love. He wants to experience that before he dies. Like, that's... It's it's bigger than that. Okay. It, it's I, not just that he... All I want to do I, I is wish, die as a human. That's a stupid goal. I, 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 wish there was, other...
0: I wish there was something a little bit more specific, though. It's like, I'm a vampire. I can only eat blood. I can't eat human food, and I need a burrito again. You know, even that... <laughs> That would be you know, more motivation for me. Like, he needs some specific human thing rather than just this vague, oh, I want to live like a human in this mm. vague sort of way. So uh, what, what does that mean to you? I want to know what that means. Well, we find out what
1: Barnabas Collins is all about uh, in the second half of the season. Mm. Um, <laughs>
0: do, do you want to fast forward? Because there's, there's not a lot of big plot points until the There's big... not. The, the teenage
1: Collins daughter gets bitten by Barnabas and becomes, like, his new mm. Saturday night
0: thing, I guess and the, quote, roadhouse. <laughs> but, I'm not, like, just being so You're going to be my regular saturday thing. Um, oh, and and the Pretender is, like, mixed up in this for a little bit. It's, it? the pre- it's the Pretender, isn't it? It's the Pretender. Yeah,
1: the Pretender is in yeah,
0: the, the Pretender is in the show. We didn't even mention him. We're totally forgot he's yeah. in the <laughs> But, yeah, he's, like, the, the, the handsome, hunky uh, boat hand, the boat mm. swain, who uh, comes in... And he's really bitter at first, and then hmm. he is trying to, like, the teenage daughter's trying to seduce him, and he pushes her away. He was uh, Daphne's husband. Yeah. And Daphne's dead, and now he's still just sort of around, and, and he kind of warms as we go on. And then the second half of the series, his character changes entirely, cause, well, because he's playing a new character. Mm. Uh, Michael T.
1: Weiss. No, he's the just
0: pretender. the, he, he's the T. Pretender. His, his name is the Pretender. T. H. E, pret- T-H-E, Pretender. Yeah. Michael, Michael T. Weiss is in the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. The T stands for The Pretender. He was also in that movie, <laughs> Freeway.
1: <laughs> um, so Joanna Going discovers that Joseph gordon Lovett has been talking to a young ghost.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: who uh, is a, trying a, a
0: young girl about his age. Yeah, she's been dead for hundreds of years. Her name is Sarah, because they say it a thousand times.
1: And uh, what happens is they eventually realize that Sarah is trying to communicate with him from the great beyond. So they ask a local psychic, like you do, mm. To help them do a seance to figure out what Sarah is trying to warn them about. And Barnabas is there, too, because it's, it's, it turns out it's his little sister. And the
0: seance goes in an unexpected direction. All right, the seance does... The seance is, like, plot helper. It's like they needed, they needed to do something, and the seance like cures what ails you. Yeah. It's like, if there's a problem, they just have another seance and it fixes it. So the seance is this like universal magical thing Mm -hmm. that changes everything (laughs) and fixes everything.
1: So they have the seance Mm -hmm. and instead of just like talking to a little ghost girl, Um, There's like a whole bunch of crazy shit happens, and then Joanna Going disappears, and she's replaced by a young woman from 1792. Mm. And Joanna Going wakes up in 1792 with no
0: idea what the fuck is going on. So I've never seen a seance that can make you time travel. and It it essentially has the same power as that widget from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Mm. Like it transposes you with something in the past.
1: Yeah, so so Joanna Going has switched places with someone in the past, and Mm. it turns out the person she switched places with is the governess who is going to teach Barnabas Collins's daughter and uh, – mm. not daughter. It's a little sister and little brother. And in a fun twist, which saves them a lot of money on casting, but also is just fun, uh-huh. everyone in the past looks like some of the people from the future. Like Barbara Steele is playing a different character.
0: They're, they're all – <laughs> apart from Barnabas and Joanna, well, even Joanna Gong, uh, they're all playing different characters. Yeah. I have a feeling like – it's like – the seance meant to swap her with another Joanna Going, but it missed, and it replaced her with a different actress. So we're in 1790, and there are two Joanna Goings. Yeah, so Josette is a,
1: is the French Joanna Going, who's, of mm-hmm. course, in love with Barnabas. Barnabas sees uh, Joanna Going. is was uh, Veronica Winters.
0: Veronica Winters. Yeah, Veronica. We don't say her character's name. We, we're bad at that. Some
1: people get mad at us for that. We're sorry. But uh, mm-hmm. she, uh, yeah, so she shows up and says, oh, yeah, I'm the...
0: Uh, I'm the new governess. Yeah, that's the ticket. Say, can, can I take your coat? And this is a big plot point. They take oh. her coat and they look at the tag and it has like the, the permanent press and washing instructions on the tag. Uh-huh. But to, in 1790, these look like mystic demonic runes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and it doesn't help that there's a zipper. And and like, and don't oh, know it's it is. a demon zipper! Ooh, no one's ever done a thing like this. She must be from hell. Yeah. And so, like the evil old biddy auntie who mm. thinks everything
0: is demons—the the wo- woman from the frighteners—yeah,
1: uh, she's is not down with any of this shit. Mm. So she starts, you know, ratting Joanna going out to the local witchfinder general,
0: <laughs> who I thought for a second was also played by Ben Cross.
1: Oh, no, that would have been cool. That would
0: though. have been really fun, like, if Barnabas was also playing. Because it looked like, because the Witchfinder General has this big, silly wig, and even bigger, even more silly eyebrows. <laughs> and, um, and he's got, like, these big red lips. Like, he's wearing this really garish makeup, and he looks like a cartoon character. It's really strange. So, uh, Boat. His name is Trent. As, the, as the, the flashback story goes on, Joanna
1: Going is, of course, accused of witchcraft and thrown mm. in jail, and she's going to be hanged, and it's fucking terrible. And there's a
0: big trial. Yeah, and, it's, you know. really,
1: it's really great. And,
0: and there, a big portion of the trial is devoted to that frickin' coat. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Look what, upon this! What do these Zip, uh, What do these words mean? Cold iron! Oh, permanent press! Machine tumble! What does that mean
1: to you, and who knows nothing? It means a machine is a carriage And she threw
0: someone Tumbling off the carriage Machine, tumble machine She's evil the, the fact that they kept saying these wash instructions in this really hefty way made me laugh and laugh. And it made me like the show it's more, really actually. It really <laughs> it's really like its embracing stride. its silliness a little bit.
1: Once it goes time travel, it really hits its stride, which yeah. is usually not the case for ongoing <laughs> stories. Um, but the other thing, and this is I got totally swept up in this because the first mm-hmm. half of Dark Shadows, it's an OK vampire story. But I really didn't get like the big sweeping gothic soap opera melodrama that I was mm-hmm. kind of hoping for. It's all in the second half of the season, well, they, and it's
0: huge. It's it's huge because it, it's a period piece. Everybody gets to wear, uh, you know, funny funny fancy costumes. They get to put on their funny voices. The uh, the Willie character now has like an eye patch. <laughs> it, you have a feeling that the actors just sort of dressed themselves and got to come up with their own funny, you know, their own funny characters. Now, apparently uh, some the, of the wardrobes
1: were from dangerous liaisons just left over. Uh,
0: makes perfect sense, <laughs> I'm sure. They, uh, Barbara Steele gets to put on a funny French accent. It's mm. terrible. All of the French accents are pretty terrible. They're not great. And uh, And of course, in the center of all of this mm. in 1790 is the wicked Angelique. Played
1: by Lizette Anthony, uh-huh. aka not Olivia Dabo, aka not Miriam Dabo. She, I she, cannot tell them apart. <laughs> I thought it was Olivia Dabo. She doesn't look for that much episode. like Olivia Dabo. She looks a ton like Olivia Dabo. L-
0: and I, I recognize Lizette Anthony from Dracula, Dead and Loving It, who I also thought was
1: Olivia Dabo. R-
0: really, even when she had the, the like the dark hair and looked like Lizette Anthony. <laughs> no, she
1: looks like Olivia Dabo. I thought Olivia Dabo was also the bad guy in Look Who's Talking Now. Turns out that was Lizette Anthony. I thought Lizette Anthony was the. Woman from uh, 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 oh God, Living Daylights. Turns out that was Mary O'Day. That was Mary O'Day. Ah! Oh, jeez, <laughs> it looks so much alike. It's like it, it's like I cannot tell the difference between Alicia Cook Jr. and Jeffrey Lewis. They look just alike to me. <laughs> I just can't tell the difference. <laughs> every time I see Alicia Cook, it's like oh Jeffrey Lewis. And every time I see Jeffrey Lewis, it's like oh Alicia Cook. Like nope. I just I can never. Just
0: the, those wires are crossed in your brain. You yep. <laughs> cannot get it right. Um, oh, yeah. But she uh, she is. Uh, A voodoo witch, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, People don't know she's a voodoo witch, but she has voodoo powers, and she uh, is deeply and madly in love with Barnabas Collins.
1: And there was, and Barnabas Collins. Oh, Barnabas
0: Collins, by the way, not a vampire yet.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Barnabas Collins is just a perfectly decent dude. He's in love with Josette. He thinks everything's going to go great. His little brother is played by young Adrian Paul before the Highlander series. (laughs) And uh, he, he, so so Barnabas is in love with uh, Josette. And there was a time when they were separated, and he thought he might never see Josette again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that moment of loneliness, he slept with Angelique. Angelique uh, uh, won't let that go. And so she's desperately in love with him. She tries to throw herself at him multiple times. And when he finally says, no, I am really am in love with he, Josette, he, he I, he sorry. Must been, he must have been great in bed. I can only imagine. And so she's just like, well, fine. I'm going to set forth the most epic revenge in history. And she
0: does. So I'm not sure if she's responsible for Josette running off with his brother. Oh, she is. Okay. No, no, they, they is. So what
1: happens is uh, she creates so, like this, this uh, she, uh, little, t- mysterious statue or whatever. And so she makes Josette and Adrian Paul fall in love with each other. Desperately in love with each mm. other, Barnabas is furious, as you can imagine, mm. and he actually almost kills Adrian Paul, almost strangles him to death, though Josette stops and says, we're married, and then Adrian Paul says, I will have satisfaction.
0: And, they have, a, and they have a duel. And
1: in the duel, Barnabas actually tries to do the honorable thing, and he just flat out tells Willie, his his second mm. To, to not load his gun. Just don't load it. Yeah. I, I, it will look good, but I just, I don't want to, even I, if he I, shoots me, I can't shoot my brother. Yeah. Meanwhile, Angelique is hanging from a gargoyle <laughs> on Collinwood Manor. Like 300 feet away, uh, lurking on the roof of and the manor. And she teleports a bullet into Barnabas's gun so that he kills Adrian Paul and Josette will never forgive him. Never,
0: never, never. Mm-hmm. It's so great. <laughs> it's okay and it's so dramatic not not content to m- merely have his his beloved run off with another man and also kill his brother so his beloved will never forgive him Angelique also wants to turn him into a vampire
1: Oh 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 I mean there's so much that goes on so mm-hmm. she frames Josette for being the witch which isn't great mm-hmm. to begin with uh yeah she she brings Uh, uh, Adrian Paul back from the dead Actually kind of a creepy looking zombie performance Uh He's still covered in dirt and everything It's only just extra genuine about that Um, And he tries to kill Josette But then he can't do it And he throws himself off a cliff Mm. And... In like the scuffle, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. I think in the scuffle or something, uh, Barnabas ended up getting bit or turned into a creature of the night, and uh, so now Barnabas is dead too. And everyone's like, "Oh God, what happened to the Collinses?" This horrible tragedy has befallen us. And then Barnabas wakes up and starts stalking the streets. All of these murders are occurring, and it only makes uh, Joanna going. <laughs> look more guilty cuz now yeah. there're mysterious murders all around town. <laughs> There's this great bit where he keeps trying to like Barnabas keeps trying to connect with his family and like not be a monster, but it always goes really bad. So like the old Biddy who like uh uh ratted Joetta going out to like the evil the witchfinder general. The yeah. witchfinder general. She sees Barnabas. She will not stop screaming. She's like Una O'Connor and Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> and she won't stop. And Barnabas is chasing her around the house like stop it, stop it. It's, I I can explain everything. And everything oh my god you never shut up and then he kills
0: her yeah yeah <laughs>
1: and it's really tragic because he, he doesn't want to do it he's just like ah and, like
0: right, he, and right when he kills her of course somebody walks in of course. and he like he like lifts his head up his face is covered in blood and and I, I almost expected him to say it's not what it looks like <laughs> It's like it's this weird sitcom moment, and in, in the middle of this like gothic soap opera. There's
1: a sense of humor about it, but at the heart of it, and this is this second half of the season is where Ben Cross, I think, earns his paycheck because I think he plays <laughs> the tragedy of of human Barnabas calls, and like that original transformation mm. really well. Yeah, I think he really is horrified at what has become of him, well, but there's... he can't control himself either, and he, he mm. and he hates Angelique, but he's desperately trying to connect to Josette, who loves him so much, he's willing to become a vampire. On the,
0: and there's this wonderful moment when, like, he's just become a vampire and he realizes he's a ghoul of the night and he's, you know, just ashamed and he and uh, goes to um, Josette saying, you know, could you live with me now? And there's this wonderful moment where she just sort of looks at him and then turns her head to the it side, bears her, neck. bears her neck. It's like, and, then, and he reacts. And, uh, and he realizes. And it, what yeah, and realizes, Like, uh, okay, it, that, that was just. It was a really good moment. It was really well acted by both of them. And yeah, I think that's kind of moments like that. That the the. Mm-hmm this big flashback is built around.
1: And then he has, and then he invites her and like, he actually like, she enters this like big cavern and it's full of gorgeous candles. And there's like hundreds. And I'm picturing Barnabas lighting them one by one. And then like the <laughs> ones at the front of the, ca- of, of the cavern are like smaller. Cause he did those first. And <laughs> it's, like, I just, like, it's such a weird detail. I, I love to
0: think it details. like he has got a little paper book of matches and he can't get it to light. Cause so those <laughs> things are hard to light.
1: But uh, Josette is actually, like, walking down the aisle very, uh, very um, ritualistically, like, you know, as if she's walking down the aisle of her wedding. But then while she's there, Angelique starts floating in front of her as a ghost and telling her to run away. And she runs away and throws herself off a cliff.
0: So, and that's how that happened.
1: Ah, it's so tragic!
0: Um, meanwhile, Victoria's in prison. And uh, meanwhile, back in the present, oh, yeah. uh, there's, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I feel really sorry for the woman that... Uh Victoria transposed with. Yeah. Because she's literally given nothing to do. She's in a coma.
1: Well, she she gets she gets there and she's really and she flips out, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, and then it turns out she was sick with diphtheria. Mm. So they but they have to keep her alive because they're pretty sure that if she dies in the present, there's no one to put the switch with Victoria. Like they couldn't switch their corpse back.
0: with Victoria. They need something to switch with. <laughs> Now, it, it, had the show been a little bit more ambitious, they would have given that character something to do in the present. Like, mm. react to the present. Maybe she doesn't want to go back now. Maybe she falls in love with the Barnabas in the present. And now Bar- there's mm. tale of two Barnabases. There's... So much they could have done that they just didn't have time for, but
1: they are still playing around. and it turns out the ghost of Angelique is still a problem, and she like, infects Barbara Steele and she tries to kill well, they
0: covered well, that's the thing they have another seance, and for some reason, that allows Angelique to infest Barbara Steele in the present,
1: yeah. and then she moves into mm. another body again. and like that's a mm. that's a problem <laughs> <laughs> when you when you're all of a sudden, the bad guy from fallen <laughs> is like. <laughs> Wandering around your mansion—that's again—if that's that's like a
0: main plot point and you're focusing a lot on that, but that's like this sub—that's like a C story. uh, That's
1: what I start loving about what happened because Dark Shadows, as again, it starts quite slow. Like the first few episodes, there's a vampire, but really not a lot else is going on. Mm -hmm. By the end, there's so much crazy shit. Oh yeah, it doesn't even like it would be the main plot in any movie. It's a sub-subplot that Angelique is possessing people. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a sort of thing like, oh, right, Angelique is possessing people. Mm -hmm. How did I forget that? That's huge. And that is the appeal for me. The second half of the show is so Mm -hmm. fucking great because it has all the gothic romance I want. Mm -hmm. All, like, the weird, bizarre tragedy. And the tragedy Mm -hmm. of the Collins family is genuinely epic and tragic. And it all flows. I mean, it's... Ridiculous, because they're vampires in time travel, but once it's set in motion, it happens pretty organically, and I believe Mm. how it happens. Uh, And it's uh,
0: so wild and cool. It's wild and cool. It's played really straight, and it does feel like, like a soap opera. Now, this was the 1990s. When uh, daytime soaps were just starting to fall out of vogue mm-hmm. in favor of primetime soaps. Which had the, always been around. They'd but, always been around, but, you know, like yeah. the Aaron Spelling School started reviving them.
1: That became the face of soap operas. Yeah. Though, daytime soaps would still go pretty strong until like the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then
0: started collapsing started, in earnest. Yeah, you know? there's only
1: a few left now.
0: And And even then, you know, it's like we're we're keeping them around just because we need to, mm-hmm. like just for, for, for old time's sake. It's like yeah. this has been on fifty years. We can't ever cancel it.
1: Well, it turns out you can Well, I mean <laughs> you, you can,
0: that. but some some people are just nostalgic. It's like, well, who's watching it doesn't matter, but we need we needed one or two of these around. Yeah. um, but yeah, the, the nighttime soaps were a lot more earnest. They were had a uh, better production values. They dealt with, more modern issues uh, more directly. I'm thinking Beverly Hills, 90210 mm-hmm. and all these like very hip. And the, now the, the teen, the, the concerns of modern teens. And then Melrose Place, which is a, like a direct spin off of Beverly Hills, 90210, which people mm-hmm. tend to forget. It's not really crossover. They're, they really cross they're, yeah, they're crossover characters. But yeah. But it's, like once it gets t- started, t- they take place in like... the same universe.
1: Okay. Well, yes, I'm not saying it is an interconnected universe. I'm just saying mm. you didn't have to watch both shows to figure it out.
0: I, I suppose not. But yeah, I. It's anybody, not like
1: it's not like the D.C. shows. I don't know what's this week's Supergirl to find out what happened. I, did, last I didn't week know anybody
0: who watched just Melrose Place is my point. Ah, you watched both. OK. It's like you, you watch Green Arrow and Supergirl, but not not one or the other. I don't know. Do, you, do, do you, people you, do that? Do people watch just, just one of these like superhero shows, or they watch them all? Right? Because eventually,
1: every season there's at least one crossover. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I imagine people who are watching one are probably watching multiple shows. Yeah. It's like you didn't you didn't watch Angel and not Buffy. Well, the you could have done Slayer. it with the
1: first season of Supergirl because there wasn't a crossover in the first season; they were kept pretty separate. Okay. Maybe
0: there was. was there?
1: No, I don't think the crossover was still the second season. Mm. But, um, anyway.
0: <laughs> but anyway, I but anyway, my point being. Um, they're trying to update a daytime soap uh, aesthetic and storytelling style into the primetime uh, milieu. Yeah, take a drink, and um, for the most part, it works. But only once the show really gets going, once and once it hits its stride, once it hits yeah. its stride and it only hits its stride when it's set in seventeen ninety. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why they didn't start in seventeen ninety. A part that of me- would have been a perfectly decent premise for a primetime soap opera.
1: I would have been totally down with it. I don't really... I mean, like, some of the stuff in the present is okay. Mm -hmm. It's not nearly as interesting. Like, wouldn't it be great if that was the first season was just... The 1790s, we don't have any of the time travel or nothing. We don't really mm. need it. It's only an excuse to go back. It's like they use the same excuse in Game of Thrones because Game mm. of Thrones doesn't have flashbacks. Uh-huh. So in order to show stuff that happened in the past, they had to get a guy who had the magic power in order to oh, look back. Geez. And
0: it's just sort of like, they, just use a flashback for fuck's sake. They did that in, oh God, of all things, in one of the Pokemon movies oh, that like they were trying to investigate the past. And luckily there's like little flowers. And if you get close to them, it shows you a clip of what happened nearby. Nice. So it, like the flashback flowers, it's like the most convenient so plot stupid. device I've ever seen. But
1: you only—my point is—you only need time travel to justify why you're going, why you're looking in the past. Mm. Start in the
0: past. Just start in th- the past. This yeah.
1: is this is a great story in and of itself. We don't even need. You
0: can take your time with some of the relationships. Yeah. The whole the whole can, out of time thing yeah. isn't
1: important. Like the just the tragedy of what happens to the governess would have been tragic enough as it is. Mm. Even if Although it wasn't
0: Joanna going. And you, clearly it's not straining the budget. Like the only thing, they're, if they're clearly just raiding the studio closet for costumes from dangerous liaisons, yeah. the, the, right at the beginning of the show, they said, we're going to redecorate it to the way it looked in 1790. So clearly they're not changing sets at all. Not really. There's not, there might have been a few no,
1: minor changes. Like they're in this major. ancient
0: mansion. So there's not a lot that's changing. Just don't drive on set. That's all they got. Yeah. Hire a horse every third episode. You know, you're, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh that's not what they did. Mm. They did it the way they did. And then like at the end of the first season, what you do is
1: Barnabas is locked in the crypt mm. and then maybe bringing
0: things full circle. yeah,
1: bringing things full circle and then like if it if it goes on further, then you bring it back in the present.
0: And that's mm. fun. Or, or you bring him back in like just like 10 years later. It's like he's been in the crypt 10 years, and now you can have a whole new story arc with the ghost of Angelique and all mm-hmm. these other things that can go on in the interim up, leading up to the present. And by the time you get to season 17, because that's the way soap operas operate, then you get to the present. Well, and if it's a, a long-running soap opera, you can do crazy crap like that because you have to.
1: <laughs> I must admit, I liked the cliffhanger on this. It's a small mm-hmm. cliffhanger, but it's a good one. Um, because the thing that it's easy to forget when you're watching Dark Shadows is that most people don't know Barnabas as a vampire. Right, Willie knows, Barbara Steele knows That's about it for most of the show Mm. Uh, At the end Joanna Going Finally puts it together that Mm. Barnabas Looks exactly like Barnabas in the present Which I guess maybe she'd be forgiving Because everyone looks like someone from the past
0: It's confusing because everybody looks identical
1: But then once people start getting bitten on the neck
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) And you realize that Barnabas Might have died and come back She's like, oh, oh my god It's the same Mm. Barnabas And so when she finally like what happens is just as she's about to be hanged for being a witch Mm. and like she's in the noose and it like drops, they switch her with the the governess. She wakes up and is like, "Oh god, oh oh, she, oh oh shit! Barnabas is a vampire."
0: And yeah. <laughs> she doesn't say it, but that's what she that's what Me- she looks. Meanwhile, a poor infected woman with diphtheria just dies. she's <laughs> Like nice. she, she, she's just she's tra- it's like, "Oh good, I'm going back to my own town."
1: What the hell? Well, it turns out she was fated to die pretty quick anyway because she had diphtheria. I, I, they just kept her alive, but like, yeah, i know <laughs> it's, but still, this poor woman. I know it sucks. It sucks. She's, she's plaything of the universe. It's
0: okay. Yeah. We're Put you back in your own time. Oh, really? What am I going to be doing? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) It rhymes with Rangman's noose. (laughs) But uh, it's hard to say whether or not this was cancelled too soon. You think? Because they were clearly just finding their footing. But it's hard to judge a soap opera based on even its first three or four years. Soap operas need to take, need a long, long time okay. to really establish themselves. But here's
1: well, here's, here's it boils down to this: Is there enough material at the get-go mm-hmm. to show that this that the story is? Has potential to go somewhere continually interesting, and I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I think I, we have th- this great cast of characters, mm-hmm. some of whom didn't have enough screen time this season, and right. plenty of room to explore them later. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a fun setup in which literally anything can happen, and they just started to explode that. Yeah. And you know that if it had gone on, they would have there would have been werewolves and more ghosts well, and, and a
0: banshee, well, maybe a, a willow the wisp. I don't the, know. The fun thing about like all the monster and supernatural stuff is it really is secondary to the characters. Exactly. And uh, as was the original Dark Shadows, as is any good soap opera. The characters are going to, you know, their drama is going to be uh, the the most important thing. So the fact that Barnabas is tortured, I don't find that necessarily all that interesting, but I'm glad they highlighted it uh, over the fact over like the vampire rules. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that that. Uh, Barbara Steele is trying to cure his vampirism. It's not about the mechanics of curing his vampirism. It's about how she, her relationship with him and that they have these secrets and um, that is what makes it a stronger show. I agree. And I think even if they had gone on crazy supernatural stuff, do you think they would have lost their way and started focusing on sort of the mechanics of it? I mean,
1: look, you go on long enough, most shows lose their way. Right. That's, that's it's a, practically mm. a law, like but like, like but the thing is, I think they really did have a lot of potential. We had a lot of psychics on the yeah, show with the potential to, we, you you know, know expand our awareness of what's going on. We
0: had a witch trial, and the defense could not possibly have been. But it's not really witches because witches aren't real because witches are real in this universe. Yeah, and she is only in this time because well, of witchcraft. And one of the things they try to so say is, she's essentially guilty of what she's being accused of. Well, one of the things it's they like try oh, to- this, this coat is proof that she's a witch, and you want to say no, no, there's no witch. Wait, but there are. You yeah just have the wrong person. Well, not they even try to say that. It's like, no, it was
1: Angelique. Angelique did all of this. And I wanted to throw something at the screen, mm. which means they were doing a good job because it's supposed to be frustrated by this. Mm. Because the Witchfinder general says, oh, we're just throwing accusations at this poor woman who isn't here and cannot defend herself. Oh, it's all just hearsay. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what in the holy fuck? <laughs> In, you son of a...
0: Yeah. Ah! We're never supposed to like Witchfinder Generals. No, we never are.
1: It's... Oh, whatever. Mm. It, it, I dug this show. It, it, mm. it started out slow, and I was really worried about it. But yeah, when it hits mm. its stride in the second half, I was on board for the last six episodes in particular. All I right, was just right. digging it. And I, I really do think... I mean, look, it, it, it might have sucked, but like, I based on this, I'm like, like I want to see more.
0: It was certainly way more interesting when they went, they went to the past. And yeah, the show did pick up on its stride. It's not my kind of show, though. I think yeah, that's the problem. I it's just my not, show. It's not the kind of show I would have watched anyway. So you're
1: saying it wasn't canceled too soon?
0: Uh, it, it was canceled too soon. I agree. But I'm not going to follow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair I, enough. You know, just objectively.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, So... Next week mm. on Cancel Too Soon, um, it's actually more of a tie in than I anticipated because this show was created by Dan Curtis. And Dan Curtis also brought forth the other show mm. that we get a ton of requests for it, that we decided it, to do this Halloween season. In
0: fact, it's one of the most famous uh, short lived shows ever. It's, yeah. it's on all the lists that, you know, the Entertainment Weekly lists you read.
1: It's incredibly influential. It is. Kolchak the Night Stalker.
0: Woo! Finally doing it. So
1: uh, Kolchak the Night Stalker started off as a series of two TV movies starring Darren McGavin as a not particularly appealing reporter. Mm. Uh-huh. Like He's not like a sexy suave reporter. He's just some guy. And he's just hard bitten and he stumbles across not one, but two cases in a row of supernatural serial killers. That the, those TV movies were such hits that they decided instead of making more TV movies, they'd turn into a television series. Mm. That series lasted only one season. It's called The Night Stalker and then they changed it to Kolchak the Kolchak Night.
0: Colchak the Night Stalker. Yeah. Or yeah.
1: I think it changed, I think it was Kolchak and then they changed it to Kolchak the Night Stalker in order to capitalize on the success of the, the movies. But anyway. Yeah,
0: the movies were called just The Night Stalker.
1: Yeah. Uh Anyway, hmm. we're going we're gonna to explore that in full on the next episode of Cancel Too Soon. Uh, it's something that I've seen a bit of, and I'm actually mm-hmm. really excited to finally, like, fill in this. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. It's,
0: it's something I've only been familiar with in passing, and I'm really interested to finally delve. Um, and then uh, hmm. uh, we'll have one more
1: uh, horror-themed show for uh, scary Tobo And then stick around, because November, it's our marvelous month of Marvels. Hooray. And it's an entire month of shows inspired by Marvel comic books um, that failed, that, yeah. <laughs> Which because they're actually more than people remember. Like there's actually <laughs> it's, quite it's, a few.
0: <laughs> I, I love that uh, you know the, the success of all the new uh, films based on Marvel comics has uh, a lot of people looking back, sort of over the history of um, Marvel comics and other media. Yeah, and everyone's discovering just this, this trail of garbage. <laughs> that sort of built up to this current era that we're in. Like it, it, it was, it was a real slow burn guys. It took a while. This is an overnight success that took 40 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyway, uh, Kolchak, there's a recent, they recently re-released the TV movies on Blu-ray, I think from Kino Lorber, Mm. um, like this month. So if you want to scope those out, those are available there. The rest of it, the show's available online. It's on Amazon, for example, you can totally find it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll be back next week with that. Uh, We, unfortunately, are once again in one of our beloved time crunches, so we're not going to have any more letters. We should do a letters episode.
0: We'll do a special letters episode. We'll read all the letters. I
1: think what we'll do, just to clean up the Mm. timeline on the the iTunes feed, Mm. um, I think we'll do a letters episode, but we might release it only on Patreon, but we'll make it free for everyone. Okay. So like, you can head on over to our Patreon page, mm. you can check out this bit of content, and mm. then maybe stick around and check out some of our other exclusive content on there. And you can subscribe if you want. It's patreon.com slash canceled too soon. We're going to do a letters episode of Canceled Too Soon and of our other podcast, Critically Acclaimed, in the next week. Yeah, we need to catch up on some stuff. A lot of it's me, and I apologize for that. It's been a stressful, <laughs> clear off your busy schedule year. you. So uh, we're we're gonna uh, start, you know, putting the pedal to the metal, the nose to the
0: grindstone, we're gonna, the we're pomegranate gonna. to the. Feeding, uh, feed corpses into the soul reclamator. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> good, good throwback there. there you go. um, That's a reference to Blood Drive. Listen to that episode.
1: But by all means, you can email us soon at gmail.com. Remember, Cancelled always has one L. Uh, we appreciate and love every single one of our Patreon supporters and we could not keep doing this if it were not for you. I mean, literally, we, we couldn't. We mm. couldn't dedicate the time um, if we weren't making some money off of it. So everyone who contributes, you are the heart and soul of the show and we really appreciate you. Um, if you can cannot contribute to patreon.com slash cancel too soon but you want to help us out there's a couple of options uh you could leave us a review on itunes that always helps uh just mm. beefs us up and puts us in different uh, uh recommendation That'll lists
0: be, we love beef
1: and how uh you can just tell a friend if that helps if you want to contribute just a little thing mm. but you can't afford much we have an amazon wish list with mm. some uh, television shows that we want to review that we just haven't put in our library yet. That's available as well. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm forgetting I mean, anything. It. Oh,
0: well, just, you, we're on Twitter. We're on Cast. Twitter. Yeah. yeah,
1: Cancel Cast is on Twitter. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibel. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. Scarily. Oh. Scarily? No? No? So, too many adverbs. The scurrilous thing that I said. <laughs> It's gay.